You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hello, Burley Heads Church of Christ and special edition here, Southport Church of Christ. It is, um, it is such a privilege, seriously, to have to do this together. In this season, there's a real, I mean, there's a sense when you remove the buildings, um, there's a real sense that we are you really get, a, I guess, perspective of mm. the global church. Same Jesus. And we're the one family. We've all been invited uh, back around that family table um, through what we just remembered last week, Easter. And so we are just absolutely stoked to share with you guys. If you don't know us, if you're from Southport and you don't know us, um, my name's Steve. This is Mary and my wife. Uh, we're the pastor leaders at uh, Burley Heads Church of Christ. We used to work and grew up at Southport. And uh, we miss Southport because uh, it's like family and some of you are actual family. And uh, it's just a privilege to be able to do this with our churches together. And we're exploring doing that a bit more over the next few weeks. And so we just wanted to kind of, we're just post-Easter. Mm. Uh, how was your Easter? It was great. Yeah, yeah was I got to spend a lot of time with you and the kids, which doesn't normally happen on Easter for us. It but... was strange waking yeah. up and not being in a rush. Um, and waiting to tune in and watch myself. It's always a strange feeling. Yes. Um, but we're post-Easter now, and yep. I guess the story we're looking at today... Well, to actually, tell tell me what you got from... What do you what did you get from last weekend? I know you checked out Southport Sermon, yep. and you checked out Burley's. What did you, what did you get from it? I think I just... Um, as we reflected on the, the cross and Jesus dying on the cross, and, um, well, Friday was about repenting the things in our life that yeah, are yeah. holding us back from building that deeper relationship with Jesus and in our faith in him. And then as we came to Sunday, we reflected on the living God, following a living God that wants a relationship with us and wants to be working through our lives and, and that flow on effect. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, of, of his spirit and, and the way that they're working within our life. And I guess, like the question, what has gone be, God been saying to you over the Easter weekend? Mm. Yeah, that was the that was one of the key questions we landed on, and yeah, um, yeah it's powerful. It's mm. powerful. And um, so today we're looking at a, a passage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in this post resurrection, but in the time that Jesus still resurrected with everyone, and He's appearing to people. So I'm going to just read. Yeah. So if you're reading at home, which hopefully you are, you got your notepad and books out. We're going to have a look at Luke 24. Um, and we're kicking off at 13. It's a story that would probably be under the title, The Road to Emmaus. So let me let me read. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is the conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking, sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. 
Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had been seen a vision or seen a vision of angels who had said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ would suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures and things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening and the day is now far, the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while we talked to, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They found that the 11 and those that had gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told us what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Mm. Phenomenal story and account. So much in that. Mm. So much in that account. There's these two people walking. Cleopas is one of them. And they're, they're, we, they know they, they're disciples of Jesus because they know about him. And they're walking home. Mm. And, um, and you can just imagine the last three years even, they've seen this guy, Jesus, come along, call disciples to him, perform miracles. They say strong in deed and teaching. Yeah. And so he's this, they call him teacher all the time, rabbi. His teaching are insane. Uh, we know this. Even if you're not a Christian, uh, you can't take away from the fact that this dude had some wisdom. And so uh, wisdom that he shouldn't have had 2,000 years ago. But, of course, we know he was more. And so he, uh, he feeds 5,000 people. He's got these people. He's gathering. He's, they're thinking maybe he's going to ease the Messiah. He's going to take down Rome. They're getting excited. And then he dies. Mm. He dies a really gruesome and horrible death. Hey, you can just imagine. <laughs> they're like, what now? Maybe all these disciples putting down their knives and their spears and their revolution, re-ideas and going, let's, let's go home. Mm. <laughs> Imagine a disappointment. Mm. Yeah, a real sense of disappointment. Similar to the disappointment yeah. we felt when we purchased our kids a cubby house. Do you remember not long ago yeah, yeah. we spent, what have been, two months painting four coats of paint in the garage, hiding it from the children after work every night, getting ready, so excited, comes to Christmas Eve and we're putting it together. The kids are hiding inside and we're secretly coming out in their lunchtime sleeps, like coming and putting it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it comes to Christmas morning. Yeah, I reckon third mortgage. Yeah. Um, we wanted it to be a big surprise. We got expectation. Can I tell you how I pictured Christmas morning? Yeah. I pictured the kids coming out. Yeah. And our kids were younger than they are now, and they're still young. And I pictured Aria looking up at me and a single tear coming down her her face and saying, Dad, you are truly the best parents Mm. someone could ask for. And I can imagine, no, no, I couldn't talk at the time. I can imagine him going, I love you, Mum and Dad. And we all (laughs) cried and hugged, and then we all spent the rest of the day in the cubby. So that's what I pictured happening uh, Christmas Day. What what, What happened? Well... 
as you know, yeah. the kids walk out there Christmas morning. <laughs> they look at the, the cubby house. Aria turns around to us and says, can I go back inside and play with my Lego now? Yeah, well, it wasn't just even a Lego. It, it was she wanted to play the box the Lego came probably. in. Probably. And so I can remember that just like, oh. And to my recollection, they've never really spent more than 20 minutes in the thing. No, I think we've probably spent more time in it cleaning than they have. Yeah, yeah. So massive disappointment. Yeah. So not unlike, very different, but yeah. not unlike the disappointment yeah. that these disciples would have felt. They had these pictures of what was going to go on and it didn't happen. And so there they are. Well, let's just go home. And yeah. I can remember looking at you going, okay. Well, let's just go inside then. Let's go play with the box the Lego came in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These disciples, yes, definitely would have been feeling that overwhelming sense of disappointment. And yeah. I'm sure in our lives we've all have stories of disappointment for ourselves, yeah. either, whether it's a gift or just something that had so much time and anticipation that didn't go to plan as what we would have hoped or liked. Um, but I love it that God here... He, he didn't just, even when he did rise again, he didn't just rise again and then go to heaven, transcend right then and there. Mm, mm. But again, he showed us in his way and he appeared to people. Yep. He appeared to the disciples. He appeared yeah. to Mary in the garden. Yep. He And he appeared to these two walking down the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got other things he could be doing. You can mm. imagine the, the creator of the universe conquered death and sin. Yeah. He's got places to be. <laughs> it's so true. But here he is yeah. just uh, showing. I love that. Wanting mm. relationship. Yeah. Wanting to be present with them. Yeah. Yeah. And coming beside them. That real image of them walking along this road, grappling with what has happened and them talking about it. But Jesus just coming up beside them. That real like, what are you talking about, guys? Like, yeah. I'm here with you. Like, yeah. Showing that image was really cool. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's the heart today, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this morning uh, is there's, or whenever, whatever time you're watching this, um, there's millions of sermons online on this passage. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I can give you the list. Um, <laughs> I think I've preached a couple of times at Southport on this and at Burley. So, look, there's heaps of ways to approach this. Mm. And I guess a heart or what we felt led to share this morning is um, not so much the theories or the theology, I mean, we are sharing some theology, but the full theology on this. We're not really going to talk about why they couldn't recognize him. Mm. Um, I mean, a common theory out there might be that he had a disguise mask on. Maybe he had one of those glasses and moustache marks on and that's why they couldn't see him. I don't know. It said he hid himself from them. So yeah. maybe he quickly looked down and put it on and they go, oh, we don't know. That guy's moustache. Jesus didn't. I don't know. And that's not what we're talking about today, more mm. importantly, is we felt today in this social distancing moment mm. that there was something powerful and practical in the message about God walking the road with us and therefore how we can yeah walk together in mm. this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, resurrected God, you just said this. Um, he's just shifted the way the universe works. He's just conquered death. He's alive again and living. Mm. And there he is sharing stories with a couple of people on the road, mm. sharing a meal. Mm. Um, it, it reveals something about God's heart um, and, and presence with us. Um, and it reminds me that in these uncertain times, for a lot of people that are disappointed, mm. Um, a lot of people uncertain, a lot of people lost work. We, we understand that. A lot of people struggling, mm. and loss of life for some around the world. It's just a reminder that this mm. passage, an encouragement again, that we have a God that is bigger than this, mm. bigger than what we face today, 
but he's also walking in every step. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we remember when we come to Easter is that yeah. God comes down onto earth and be present with us. That's exactly it. And then also continuing on from that, God is always present with us. Yeah. And it says in Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yeah, great. Great verse. Which is, I guess, why that we've been talking, I know Southport's been talking about this, mm. but this, I guess the thing that's left up for us is to ask, okay, if you're with us, where are you walking? Mm. What are you doing? What work are you up to, Jesus? And how can we be part of that? And that's the question we've been looking at all through Easter and the last few seasons. Yeah. And so I guess we want to change tangent a little now. Um, and because Jesus didn't stay right there. Mm. He actually left and he said, I need to leave so my Holy Spirit can come. And then he commissioned them. And in a sense, he said, I know I'm present with you. Your Holy, my Holy Spirit's now present with more people in this invention called the church. Yeah. The church being the people that can now be present with others as well. So we have the spirit, we have Jesus with us, but the idea is that we can now go out. And I guess in this time, in this weird moment mm. um, where we're not allowed to walk together down the road, well, we are, but not in big groups, and we're not allowed to do dinner, um, I guess the question is um, how, what can we learn from Jesus in this moment? Mm. Um, and guess asking you as not only that, but in a professional sense as a social worker who's seeing some of these people, mm. both in a professional sense, looking at Jesus, how do we be present with others mm. in such an isolating moment? Yeah. yeah. Like looking at the, the, the point, the story in the Bible, there's a couple of really good practical ways I feel that Jesus yeah, shows us. And I'm going to draw in three in, in a couple of minutes, but yeah. I think it's just that um, that point as well that God has placed us where we are right now. Yeah, yeah. He's placed us with our children. He's placed us in yeah. with our spouses or partners, or He's yeah. placed us with our flatmates. Yeah. Where we are planted is where God wants us in this time. But yeah. also, not just that, He wants us to be able to reach out further. Like, yeah. but using different forms. Maybe it is letters. Maybe I've seen those people doing mailbox drops and stuff yeah. to their neighbors. Yeah. Like, or is it um phone or using other forms like the internet to be able to connect yeah. out or just the phone calls. Having a phone call from someone or a conversation. Um God wants to use those times for us to Absolutely. also to reach out. And I guess even you may be thinking, you may be watching that people might be watching going, well, I don't have I don't wake up with a partner, I don't yeah. have family and friends, I'm feeling really isolated. How amazing is technology? Yeah. Um, to be in this season where you're right, letter, email, watching this, uh, Instagram, whatever, whatever the technology, what a season. And so I guess let's even get more practical. How do we do that? Yeah. What's 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 um what does it look like? In those ways, in this moment, without breaking the rules, to really make, I mean, steward mm. the relationship and the people walking on the road with us. Yeah. Well, I love the, the first point that, that Jesus makes as he's walking along the road with these guys. He doesn't just fill the conversation as most of us may like to do, but he asks them a question. What are you discussing together as you're walking along? I think this um I think this shows us that we need to be asking each other how are you doing are you okay I guess it's as simple as that it's that 
asking a question. And we know that the government has spent a lot of money as well. I don't know if you're, um, you probably have heard of it, the are you okay slogan to, in order to fight suicide prevention. Yeah. It's that asking a question. Are we actually asking each other, how are you doing? How yeah. are you feeling in this time? <laughs> but also not just uh, asking our children, which can be really hard to do, um, especially no matter what age they are in, in them being able to communicate what they're feeling and thinking, but just asking them and sitting down and in that time and saying, <laughs> what, what are you aware of during this time and this pandemic? Yeah. What, what, has, what, what do you know? What have you been able to pick up from what mum and dad have been talking about or what we've seen on the news and stuff like that? How are you feeling about that? Yeah, so, I love it. It's as simple as that. Jesus asked them a question. We should be reaching out and asking them a question. Yeah. How are you going? And it's not like it's not like he didn't have anything to say. Mm. He's got heaps that he can say. He's got heaps he knows. He's God. Yeah. But you're right. The first thing is, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. And he wouldn't know exactly what they were thinking yeah. anyway because he's God. So <laughs> Yeah, but he still wanted to process that with them. Yeah. Let them have a think about it. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And then just be able to feel what the uh, – also just understand what they were feeling. It wasn't just the practical side of what they were, were talking about but actually how they were feeling about that. They yes. were saying, like they were telling him about the disappointment they were feeling. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's, what a question. Yeah. And and a question can open up so much, hey, can't it? Mm. So um, it can help people process. It can it it can actually um yeah, yeah, just just expose some of the ways that people may not even realise they're feeling or thinking. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's good. And lately we've been trying to actually do this at, at our family dinner tables. I don't know about you, but when we're sitting around for, for family dinner, we have four extroverts in our family. So um, poor little Belle, she gets talking o- spoken over, but everyone tries to fill the conversation with their story about, well, Noel will be telling a story about a dragon and a princess or a something or other. Um, Aria our, our will be telling a story about whatever she watched on TV that day. And and also me and Steve are trying to have a conversation about our day and what's been going on as well. And so we've been trying to actually get one person to talk at one time and we actually have been putting our hands up when we're wanting to speak. Yeah, yeah. But also just that, um, yeah, allowing them to listen and to, yeah. Process. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and I should, I I didn't make this clear before. We aren't just looking just at the behaviour in this passage. Mm. We're talking about things that Jesus consistently did. He's always asking him questions. If matched to the disciples' frustration, matched to the Pharisees' um, frustration, he asks them questions. He mm. exposes things. He allows them to process things by asking questions. Yeah. And so what else can we learn from Jesus' behaviour in, I guess, the whole Gospels, mm. but also through this road? Well, I think with asking a question, the thing that comes following that is listening well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we listen well? Well, look, as human beings, as we know, we're probably not very good at listening. If, mm-hmm. um, and especially with social media, that has probably made this a lot more worse. Most of us feel the need to share, to speak, to fill the space. Um, maybe it's our own egos or just trying to get our point across, um, prove ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And we could all be better at this. And we often listen with the intent to reply but not really understanding. Sorry, what what were you what was that? <laughs> no, no, a little bit of a a listening joke there. Because um, what I did, I pretended I wasn't listening. But which is weird for me, right? Because as we both know, I'm a phenomenal listener. <laughs> yes. I never talk over the top of anybody. And I'm I'm 
I never think that my stories are better or have to outdo people's stories. And so I don't really understand this concept, mm. but <laughs> I'm joking as well as another funny joke because um, I'm pretty bad at listening at the best of times, as I think we all are. We yeah. are distracted. So so give me some, give me some advice um, and to anyone else that is willing to admit that they could be better at listening, mm. how can we be better listeners? I think that Jesus showed us how he was the best listener is to be fully present, yeah. to to yeah. cut out of the distraction. And yeah. I know um, for us sometimes when you would get home from work even yeah. um, and you would want to talk to me about your day, but yeah. also it would be three kids wanting dinner and trying yeah. to plan food and stuff like that. And, yeah. and you would know that I would not be listening because I'd be trying to multitask and yeah. trying to do 20 other things yeah, um, yeah. and you would always feel frustrated because you're like, you're not listening to me yeah. um, as well, which is, it, which is that it's that normal, like being present with each other and allowing that opportunity to sit yeah, down one-on-one without distraction. Yeah. So maybe in this time for us, it's okay. Well, we know for us that we, we put on the TV for the kids or just a half an hour program so that we can sit and be present with each other, face each other if we're able to, but also even if it's just a phone call, like cutting yeah. out that other distraction, not yeah. being on Netflix while you're also on a phone call. Or I think the that, other night I was yeah. downloading, I mean, the other night um, I think I was downloading Call of Duty, yeah. watching Westworld on a laptop and on my phone texting somebody. And so I apologise. I think it was Stephen Gill, one of the elders there at Burley. I think I was texting him. Yeah. That probably isn't what we're talking about, about being fully present. I was pretty distracted. And so yeah. that's great. He, he, he didn't have a phone on him. Of course he didn't have a phone on him. But he wasn't trying to do a million things at once. I mean, Jesus could. He's yeah. God, omnipresent. But here he is on the road taking the time. It sounded like the better part of a day and dinner yeah. with them being present that's huge Mm. that's what if he can do it then maybe we can put down the phone hey yeah or maybe we can make that time for the people we're calling or emailing or texting or carrier pigeon or letter whatever we're doing so (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah and i guess the third point that jesus um draws on in this story as well is that he he knows when to challenge and and look he calls them foolish but he knows when to also encourage and for wait to an opportunity to be invited in. Um, and I think that's where we also work with being present with each other, that that sometimes there may be times when we need to to challenge. If we're building that relationship with them when we're walking the road with them and then we're listening to where they're at, but having that opportunity to say, I guess that question, what is God saying to you in this time, in this moment? Um, and also challenging on them on where they're at or saying, well, do you think it's best that you're on Netflix um, while you're also messaging Steve Gill or whatever? Like mm. cha- knowing when to challenge and then also when to encourage and to yeah. say, you're doing a great job. Or for Jesus, um, he was on the road. He continued to, to uh, like it says, act like he was walking further and for them to invite him in. He didn't go into their house and just um, make himself present to them. He Assume. waited for them to still offer that up. Yeah, there's a perfect balance, isn't there? He challenges them. Don't get me wrong. He's not afraid to tell someone what he thinks. Yeah. But then there's other moments he waits and is invited. That's great. So there's mm. this so there's this um sort of mix between encouragement and invitation. Yeah. And um but how do we know when? I mean, that's easy for Jesus, is mm. God. How does one know when to listen, when to stop, when to speak, when to teach, 
when to encourage and when to challenge. How do you, what do you reckon? How do we know when to do that? Well, I think we all know when to listen. We all know when to be present with people and, and, but it's when to encourage and, and, and to challenge and go further. And I think that's when we depend on our relationship with God. Love it. That's when we depend on our, our, our knowing him, knowing the Holy Spirit prompting us to be able to challenge and to go further. Without that, we, we are probably doing in our own mind anyway. So it is. It's, it's about that presence with God first that then flow and effect allows us to be present with others. Yes, yes. And for that relationship to flourish and to be able to speak into other people's lives. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. It's so key. Um, it, we, to be fully present, to be fully rested, mm. to not have to share the bigger story, to not have to say our opinion, to actually listen is not about mustering up something deep within us, about uh, 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 spiritual discipline of being silent or anything like that. Not, not at all. It's about first. Well, it might be some of that, but it's about first understanding that Christ gave up his life Mm. that God sent his son Jesus. That says in Romans 5, 8, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That While we had no clue, Christ made this first move. And so mm. because of that, we can be present with others. Or better yet, because of his holy presence in us, because of what he has done, we can be his presence with others. Mm. We can have the wisdom to know when to speak and also have the wisdom to know when to just be quiet. And listen. Yeah. Yeah, that's Love it. powerful. Yeah. I feel that even in this time, as we're forced to cut out a lot of distraction, maybe um, maybe work, we reduced our hours or, or travel or socialisation and those sort of parties and events. Um, we're forced to be in more close communities with our spouses, with our children, in, in, our, in our families. and But sometimes you can still be in close contact with people but not be present with people, the people that are walking this road with us. Are we trying to be Jesus on this road, being present, not picking up new distractions during this time, such as Netflix or further Facebook scrolling or online shopping, which can be a huge distraction, <laughs> But and, or even learning new skills, which have tried to take up the p- piano yeah, and that sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. is it still... That, which are all great, which yeah, are all good. Yeah, not bad at all. But it's that, uh, is it first coming to God and asking, what does he want us to do during this time? Where does he want us to, to work into? And, and what does he want to use us for during this time in walking the road with others? Yeah, I mean, what a waste, hey. What a waste yeah. of having this insane time of what we call at Burley, we've been calling an uncrowded moment. Mm. And not being present with the people that are on the road with us. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. yeah. Yeah. Or, look, are, are we reaching out to others um, who are not in isolation? Are we asking our neighbours over the fence? Are yeah. you okay? How yeah. are you doing? Can I pick up anything for you? Um, are we sitting down with our husbands and our partners, uh, even within the chaos or finding that time to do date nights or yeah. time that we're one-on-one with each other and, and having that deeper co- contact and connection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or are we too focused, I guess, on the on the homeschooling aspect, which is oh so daunting to me, not being a teacher, um, but actually forgetting to, to sit down with our children and, and face them one-on-one and saying, how are, how are you doing in this time? What are, what are you feeling or um, how are you going? Let them draw a picture maybe of, of 
of the things that they are feeling or maybe if they're feeling anxious or unsafe and that sort of thing. Um, you know, or is this a time to reconcile, to reconcile with a relationship that we haven't had in contact um, yeah. with, that yeah. someone is that is maybe not in close contact but further away, but making that phone call, yeah. making that phone call to uh, a, a, a family member, a child that we haven't had contact with. Yeah, maybe there's been hurt there. There's been, um, I don't know, there's pain there. There's there's disconnection. Maybe it's our fault. Maybe it's their fault. Yeah. What a season to go, hang on, if Christ can defeat death mm. and I've got all this time and I know they're at home, maybe this is a season for me just to call and listen. Yeah. And let God reconcile that as well. Mm. Yeah, that's that's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And at every step, I guess, are we just asking the Spirit to be present with us, to bring people across our path, to bring people across our minds that we might be praying for, reaching out to, in the stillness, in our prayer times, in our time with God, are we asking the Spirit to be walking along this journey with us? Yeah. That's great. So heaps in that. Um, it's both been there's some profound stuff and some very practical things that we can take with us. Can you kind of summarise, Mez, or, yeah, what, what, what are we summarize that all as we take this and explore it in our in our zoom conversations and together as as a couple of churches i think jesus shows us on this walk to emmaus i guess just another example of how we can be present with people in our life and and are we being present with people in this time or are we using this opportunity i guess to hide away in our homes we should be asking others questions are you okay? Reaching out and listening to their responses, actually understanding and grasping what they're trying to say, and then seeking the spirit in knowing when to encourage or when to challenge and go a little bit deeper in your relationship with them. There was three questions that I wanted to focus on today. What is distracting you from being present with God and with others? How are you asking others questions to allow them an opportunity to go deeper and to share with you? And are you seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance and wisdom to know when to challenge or when to encourage in their faith? Thanks. Well, that's our talk discussion for today. And let's just pray as we wrap up. Thank you, God, that you love us, that you showed us time and time again that you want to be present with us, walking this road with us. God, we just thank you that we have your word to be able just to open and to, and to work out um, how you have been working within this scripture, but also how you want to work in our lives. Yeah. God, we just pray that you would just bring people across our path to be present with, to continue to ask them questions and to go deeper in a relationship with them and sharing the love that you have for them. God, be with us continually in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for sharing with us today, Mez. And, and um, thanks for joining with us, of course, our, our home church, Burley and Southport. It's um, a privilege to all meet together this morning. And we just uh, yeah, continue to pray for God's presence to be known and for us to share his presence with others. God bless and we'll, uh, we'll speak soon.